Welcome to Food Talk for Health, because you really are what you eat. Here is your host, Tony King. Joining me today is Dr. Gil Hart, a food intolerance expert from York Test. Thanks for joining me, Dr. Hart. Thank you for inviting me. Tell me a little bit about what it means to be a food intolerance expert. Well, it's a really good question. I've spent many years as a biochemist really researching what contributes to food intolerances. And the past nearly 20 years, I've worked with York Test, who are the UK's uh, food intolerance experts company, providing fantastic food intolerance testing um, for, for people to use. But when you're talking about intolerances to food, how does that make the average person identify what is a problem? There's often a, quite a confusion between things like food allergies and food intolerances. And so people often think about intolerances as if they were allergies. And allergies are that immediate response that you get to a food. Uh, it could be a tingling in the lips, a swelling. It could be, you know, vomiting really severe and needs medical attention because it's potentially life-threatening. And so when you talk about food intolerances, or sometimes we call them food sensitivities, they're quite different. They're more sort of long-term conditions, things like irritable bowel, digestive problems, maybe bloating, gas, diarrhea, constipation, abdominal pains, but also symptoms that you wouldn't necessarily think of being related to food intolerances, things like low energy, low mood, skin problems and rashes respiratory symptoms, um, migraines, headaches, and things like joint pain. So these are longer acting. They're, they don't come on immediately like you would have with an allergy. They might come on after a few days or hours and be those chronic ongoing conditions. For food intolerances, an ongoing problem, then that's what would make the red flag come up, correct? It would. And lots of people live with um, symptoms of food intolerances thinking it's normal for them. They may live with low energy, low mood. They might think it's just their busy lives. They may have gut symptoms. And often people live with them and don't do anything about it which is really sad, actually, because a lot of people that come to York Test can, can do a test to find out which foods are implicated and then make changes to their diets to help them feel better. Well, that was my next question is, what is the process for trying to determine what foods are the problem? Well, traditionally, people would use an elimination diet. And so they would take each food out one at a time for maybe several weeks and see if they felt better. And then if they didn't, they'd try it again. And that's such a laborious process. It takes a long time and it really doesn't capture the the breadth of different foods that might be involved. People come into York Test that have positive reactions. On average, you react to about five or six different foods. So if you were going to use that technique, it, you know, it would just take forever. So back in 1998, York Test pioneered one of the first food sensitivity, food intolerance tests um, with York University in the UK. And we've been offering that ever since. And we've probably carried out over half a million tests in that time. And we actually test for um, an antibody type IgG in, in the blood. And we test for reactions to up to 200 different food and drink ingredients. So we can see whether this ongoing long acting antibody has been has been triggered in your body and to which food or drink ingredient it's been triggered. And it gives people a starting point for an elimination diet rather than just trying to second guess which is what a lot of people do. Well, it's really true. It's kind of like if you have a sensitivity to dairy, right? Particular thing that could be in the diet that could be causing people to get sick. You know, they're lactose intolerant. Absolutely. And lactose intolerance is, again, something that 
is really, you know, really important to people. That's when you have a reaction to the milk sugar, the sugar in milk. What we test for at York test is actually the reactions to the, the proteins in foods, the larger molecules, which when you've got a, a um, an unhappy gut, your body allows these larger food particles through into your system. And you're, because 70% of your immune system is in your gut, your gut sees those as, uh, you know, alien to you. And actually then they trigger an immune response. So we can measure that really accurately in our laboratory so that you can get a really clear picture of which foods you are you know, are triggering your symptoms and which foods you can continue to enjoy. Seems like we've come a long way. Yes, I, I often think that if you think about what our gra- grandparents used to eat uh, and compared with what we might eat now, really unprocessed foods, foods that, you know, were very uncomplicated with no additives, very simple foods. And, you know, people didn't talk about food intolerances in the way they do now, food and why the gut uh, might be under some stress and why, you know, that it can allow these larger food particles through that can trigger an immune response. And that's the first step, really, is to, to do a test, which is easily done. It's a blood collection kit, which is actually uh, posted to your own home. You can collect a very small sample of blood on a little stick and it's really stable and it can be Uh, sent back to our accredited laboratory and with that you can then actually see yourself as a starting point which foods you can you need to remove from your diet obviously replace those with things that are equally nutritious and after a period of time you know you might want to consider as well your diet at that time in general you might want to consider taking probiotics or eating more probiotic based foods and after a time of, you know, say three months or so, you may actually, once you've given your gut a rest, gone through a gut healing protocol, you might then be able to um, tolerate some of these foods again. So food sensitivities aren't necessarily for life. They uh, can be uh, tolerated again in some cases. We are talking with Dr. Gil Hart, a food intolerance expert from the UK. Is there an age range that a food allergy and intolerance can develop? So for food allergies and intolerances, you aren't aren't born with these, but food allergies tend to develop in childhood. Um, If they do develop in childhood uh, and continue into adulthood, they tend to be for life. So allergies tend to be lifelong. And obviously, you clearly have to always avoid that food because it's potentially life-threatening. For food intolerances, these can develop at any age. Actually, we do carry out tests for um, for children aged two and above. And these can be quite impactful for children, for example, with um, eczema and stomach problems particularly. And I think really food intolerances and sensitivities can develop at any age and they can change slightly as you grow older as well. So particularly when things are impacting you, like maybe hormone changes, maybe stress, things like that. Again, things like your diet, you may be starting to take some medications which may be impacting your gut that can lead to food intolerances. If you might have had uh, gut infections or exposure to toxins, environmental exposure, um, or if you, you, you know, your stress is causing you to have inadequate digestive enzymes, All of these things can contribute to food intolerances, but the absolute key is to find out what those are. And it may only be, you know, five or six different foods that you're reacting to. And those foods can be as broad and varied. Uh, uh, You know, they could be things like you mentioned, like dairy or eggs, but they could also be things that you think of as being healthy. Things like fruits and vegetables, pulses, lentils, 
chickpeas, soya, you know, nuts, etc. And so it's really important to find out the particular pattern that's relevant for you. I was going to ask you if there were any common food allergies. Yes, if, if we talk about food allergies first, they tend to be allergies to sort of single foods, really. They tend to be milk, eggs. Maybe um, peanuts. Peanuts, tree nuts, and also things like sesame. Now, sesame allergy is really on the increase, particularly in the US, and also allergy to soy. So those might be the, the things that you think of as being that you'd have an allergic reaction to. For food intolerances, because you're raising a long-term reaction, immune reaction to the food proteins or large molecules in the foods, these can be any any foods, really. If you look at my trigger foods, they do include milk, but they also include egg white um, and things like limes and coconut. Um, so, you know, there's a, there's a sort of a broader range and um, people come back with reactions to even things as innocuous as things like carrots, coffee, chocolate, etc. as well. So it's important to sort of get that uh, uh, test carried out and then you can see the, the breadth of what, what matters for you. With the food allergies and intolerances, it doesn't sound like there is, quote, a cure. It's basically determining what the problem is regarding what food and eliminating it. Yeah, for food allergies, these are going to be long-term immediate reactions. And so there isn't a cure. But obviously, if you have got a food allergy, you have to have some medical help. You have to be given, you know, your adrenaline pen to carry with you at all times. You need to, you need that medical intervention for food intolerances, they can be managed, but it's it's all about awareness. So if you are aware of what's going on for you, then you can start to try and manage them yourself. And I think for people with things like IBS, for migraines and low energy, the you know, these can be quite startling differences. If you suddenly realize that you you can't, you know, you shouldn't be having as much milk, for example, or eggs, and you can cut those down and feel better. That's the greatest incentive, isn't it? Absolutely. And so, you know, then you can sort of continue on that journey. And if you, you know, are able to, uh, you know, think about your diet in general, sort of cut out those ultra, any ultra processed foods, start thinking about every ingredient that you're, you're consuming and make it relevant for you as long as well as, you know, uh, you know, having support maybe from one of our nutritional therapists with a, a gut healing, then that's that's what's going to make a difference. We are talking with Dr. Gil Hart. Is there a website that we can learn more about food allergies and intolerances? Yes, there is. So the website to go to is YorkTest, that's Y-O-R-K-T-E-S-T dot com forward slash U-S. Um, and that gives a lot more information about the actual food allergies and food intolerances to order tests, um, and which can all be carried out in the comfort of your own home and can be brought to you, you know, easily uh, and with really clear results. We score each of the foods on a, a level of zero to 100 so that you can really see which foods are impacting you and which foods you're still able to enjoy. That's great. I appreciate your time today, Dr. Hart. Thank you very much for inviting me. You've been listening to Food Talk for Health with Tonia King. Thanks for joining us. Eat well to be well. Hope you'll check out our podcast for Food Talk for Health and subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts from.